Yo, Magnus, right here, buddy. We need to have a talk. Three things, buddy. Three things. You resign the world championship, not a good move. You sell play Magnus because you bought too many things. We're going to talk about it a little bit later. And now this thing, where not only do you disappear, but then you don't even give an explanation, boss. Now, you might think, oh, you have the right to do these things. In a certain sense, you do. However, the whole world, <laughs> the whole chess world is touched by your madness, my friend. And it is killing me less so than others, but it is killing me in its own special way. As an example, first question people are going to have, they're going to be like, whoa, how come Kostya isn't here? Well, Kostya is doing work with the St. Louis Chess Club. He's over there doing, helping them do social PR and stuff. So why isn't he here? Because he felt like he shouldn't be doing th things that had something to do with the club while he's over there, while he's working for them. And then they also told him not to do so. So here's the thing that we're going to be part of the thing, the layering of what we're talking about today is the people who are closest to the sun, people who are closest to all these little power structures out there aren't at liberty to say things. I, however, Magnus, I can say whatever I want, buddy. I can say whatever I want, my man. And he will. And he will. If there's one thing I can promise you about Jesse, he will. He'll say what he wants to. He's not going to hold back. I'm not going to hold back. Also, we should mention, just as an example of how all these little power structures uh, affect how people talk about stuff, David is involved, no, though not on a day-to-day -day level, with Chess.com. He says he's free to talk about anything. Chess.com now is suddenly a big player in this as well. So we got Chess.com, St. Louis Chess Club, Magnus, Hans, Oh my God, the whole the whole world is touched by those three things that Magnus yeah. has done in this year. Whew. David, I'm gonna turn it over to you first and we're gonna yeah. get into everyone. I mean, on, on your point, I saw Vish Chess tweeting at chess.com at Danny Wrench, mm -hmm. and he's like, This is shameful what you've done. And I was like, What if they what do they have to do with this? This is a tournament, you know, this is between Magnus and Rex Sinkfield or something, you know, or Magnus and Tony Rich. I'm like, what does this have to do with chess.com? What what could they have done? You know, and I had to I had to dig it up because it wasn't obvious to me why there would be any connection, Jesse. And um and then finally, you know, I found uh well, I only found it in Hans's interview because you said that nobody close to it is saying anything, but there's one exception. Hans gave a 30-minute interview, yeah. which was also maybe a monologue. I mean Ramirez is yeah. doing a great job, I think. That's mm -hmm. that's neither here nor there, but he's doing a great job being in the eye of the storm. Um, and he facilitated a little bit, but mainly Hans gave like a 30-minute monologue. He's the only one uh, involved who has, who has spoken. Um, and he said that he got a message from Chesscom that he is... <laughs> that's my habit of not getting moobotted. I left out the dot. <laughs> he said that chess.com... I'd sent him a message saying that he was no longer invited to play in the Global Chess Championships and that he no longer had access to his Chess.com uh, account. So that's apparently what Chess.com did. Um, on the heels, maybe the day of or the day after the, the, the game with Magnus, maybe on the day that Magnus withdrew, I don't know. Um, and that's what uh, Vishnu was taking in, uh, offense to, right? He's saying, like, what are you guys doing to this this kid, you know, and he, he was, he was upset. Now we should say that there's three things in which chess.com is a player in this controversy. 
right? So the one that David just mentioned, and first thing we got to say is Chesscom, buddy. It's been, somebody makes an accusation like that, you better, re- you got to respond, boss. It's been a long time. You better say something about it, you know? Yeah. It's time to say something. Number two, because, I, well, go ahead. I, I was just going to respond to that. Um, yeah. I checked their social media because you said there was like no response. And you're right, right that in a social media age, it's like, right. it's been ages and they haven't said anything, you know? Yeah. So I checked and they posted the puzzle for the day for today. That's their, that's their current response, you know? Right. So, okay, continue with your second. So then number two, chess.com is involved because chess.com recently bought Play Magnus. Now, Dave and I were discussing before, we do not know what kind of obligations uh, Magnus has to chess.com. But as David pointed out, usually when a company is bought, they say that if somebody was meaningful in that other company, what important, some kind of role, they will have obligations in the contract. We do not know. However, we strongly suspect that Magnus has some kind of obligations towards chess.com. There must be obligations. We just don't know the scope. There's no way you would buy Play Magnus without buying Magnus. It's like, what, what are you doing? Right. Right, exactly. So um, the other thing we got to say, it just, you know, when we were talking about that deal, it was a very kind of a high price for Play Magnus. And then, as you correctly said in our one that last Dojo talks about it, you said the two jewels of that deal were Chessable and Magnus. Yeah. So in a very, you know, just epic way in the, this storm is going down, a big part of it is Chess.com essentially bought Magnus. Put the ring on it. He put the Magnus ring on, mm-hmm. okay? You know, we're talking the trilogy of the ring or something. Put the ring on, they're married. It's gonna be, that's just part of the backstory and it's hard to untangle. And it's also like, if Magnus is gonna go on tilt, which maybe it is, we're gonna talk a little bit about that, then from Chesscom's point of view, that's a disaster. And from well, actually a lot of people's point of view, it's a full disaster if Magnus is going on tilt, as it kind of seems. Right. Okay, number three, and then we can get into it. The third way in which chess.com is involved in this is because part of the reason, maybe the main reason, cheating allegations were uh, you know, lowered against Hans was that loads of people have been caught, title players, very fancy players whose names you know, they've been <laughs> caught cheating uh, online. And chess.com has a thing where they say, look, if you just admit that you cheated, then you can go back to playing. And this has happened to, we're talking at least hundreds of famous players, hundreds. Very surprising to me, but that's been going on for years, okay? The difference with Hans was that Hans was caught on stream. <laughs> he was caught on stream. The, the, like, the like you have been shut out of chess.com, so therefore, it was suddenly one of the few cases where it was totally out in the open that chess.com had shut somebody down. Right. So So, normally the people who get shut down, if they apologize and get their second chance, it won't be a public blemish on them. Chess.com in return for their repentance and their continue and their good behavior in the future will not drag their name through the mud over that. Right now, some people are saying this is absolutely true that that wasn't uh, a, a, that that time wasn't uh, shut down because of cheating it was for fair play and it was a little bit hard to understand. But he also was there was a definite time, and he admitted to this in his interview, 
where he was cheating and he's very sorrowful about it. And part of the discussion we're going to have today is how much, to what extent do we forgive young kids? But in any case, that is the role of chess.com and that has been their policy. It's been debatable from the start and to a certain extent, it's coming to bite us now in this controversy, right? Um, we're going to talk a lot about. I'm gonna, I talk too much, though, so I'm going to let you go, David, and then we can jump in wherever you like. Okay. Um, so if I can jump in wherever I would like, I think that one of the points that I think would be interesting to make from the get-go is what you were saying about Costas, you know, choice not to talk about it, and right. um, you know how many people haven't talked about it. No statement from Chesscom. Right. Um, the Grand Chess Tour. And, and St. Louis Chess Club would be another party that could make some kind of statement. Right. They made a statement that was the most non-statement ever. It was like, Magnus Carlsen has withdrawn from our tournament. You know, we enjoy having him in our tournaments. For further information, you know, contact our press secretary or something. You know, it was like, they didn't say anything. Um, Magnus has basically said nothing other than saying that he would get in trouble if he said something. Which we can debate the validity of that at some point, Jesse. But I have another point I want to make before we get there. But So, of all the people who actually know something about this, almost nobody's talking. Hans is the only person who knows something who's talking. Everybody else who knows something, you know, Magnus, anyone from Chess.com, anyone from Grand Chess Tour, any arbiter at the event, nobody is saying anything. And the people who know nothing about it, oh man, they won't shut up. You know, blah, 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 you know, um, I, you know, just jumping on it on, on Twitter, on Twitch, on stream, all these people who just don't know much, um, arguing about it. People arguing about whether or not Hans's analysis in the post game interviews is good enough (laughs) for him to actually have played the games that he played. Uh. People saying, oh, you know, this game from 2018 never happened. It happened in 2019, right? Like, but people discussing all this stuff, and these are people who know nothing. I mean, in his interview yesterday, Hans had to explain what a transposition is, right? Because Mm. people are saying Magnus never played G3 against the Nimzo Indian, but Magnus has played Knight F3 on move four against the Nimzo Indian, and then five G3, or he's played... The, the Catalan move order and then played knight c3 when black played bishop b4 check instead of playing bishop d2, right? So he's had this position many times. I w- I'm not somebody who knows much about this, but I knew that. I knew what openings he played. I knew that Magnus has a propensity to play for those Fianchetto lines that he likes to play, waste a tempo on a3 to get that bishop and up the, the pressure and the ante and challenge people. When I saw the opening that he played against Hans before any of this controversy, when it was just a game that people were watching live, Mm-hmm. I thought, no surprise that Magnus played this line. Mm-hmm. I, I To me, it was like, obviously, he would play it. But anyway, I find it interesting that people who know nothing are full of stuff to say, and and uh, the people who know something are quiet. And I, I mean, I wonder what you think about this, but I sort of feel like those of us who don't know anything should maybe tend towards silence and wait for information from the people who do know something. Well, yeah, we can also demand that they tell us something. Yeah. And then I think Magnus and Chesscom are the first people that need to, to tell us something. I think also one of the ways I think it's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about Kostya, who's just a minion in this drama. But the reason he's not here 
is because it sheds light on like the other player interviews. When you listen to the other player interviews, you can sense that many of them um, have suspicions that Hans and maybe other people are cheating, but they are being hes hesitant, rightly so, about making any kind of forthright claim. So yeah. there are, there is, now whether you consider it knowledge or not, right? There is at the minimum a suspicion amongst the, let's call them the established set of players that Hans is cheating. And Nakamura, of course, is the first example of this, where he, his people are saying he's accusing Hans of cheating. Maybe he is, but the basis of that is like him hearing other top players having said something about it before, right? Mm -hmm. So whether or not, I don't think that necessarily constitutes knowledge just because a bunch of you know, the established set of players who always get the invites feel like Hans is cheating is knowledge. But nevertheless, I think it's definitely part of the story, right? There's some kind of mm, enough players at the top are like, I don't know, you know, yeah. and uh, they're, they're freaked out about it. You know, and then even then, when they're talking about having to play Hans, they're kind of like, "Oh, I'm," just, and and you've probably had. Well, I don't know if you've had this. Most players have it. Like you're you're playing in an open tournament, and you're like, "Oh, is this guy cheating?" And that just it twists your mind in incredible circles. What it, it really yeah. damages your game, your mind, your whole thing. If yeah. you suspect in the slightest that you're playing against a computer instead of a person, right? Yeah. So I do think that that's part of the story, but again, it's not knowledge, but those people are constrained by a number of things, uh, contractual obligations, but also just the fear of like, if I accuse someone of cheating, then I'm on the hook for some kind of libel or whatnot thing. Which, yeah, maybe you know. libel, maybe just, you know, it's a question of what's appropriate, right? Like when you have suspicions about somebody, do you publicly accuse them when you only have suspicions, right? I mean, at some point in your life, you must have had a suspicion of somebody for cheating. I have had a suspicion. Um, right. I've even known somebody was cheating and didn't broadcast it because they were a kid. Um, but, um, but I think if you have a suspicion that someone's cheating, you could maybe discuss it in private with other people who would be like, I could discuss it with you in private instead of in a dojo talk. I'd be like, Jesse, like, I think this person might be cheating in our tournaments. Could you have a look at their games too or something like that? Like, that's moving towards. But basically, if you've got suspicions, you're sort of, you could move towards confirming them. You could try and do some more looking around, some digging. You could talk to other people who might know. But you don't, what, I don't think you, I don't think you talk about it publicly because there's such a big chance that, that you're doing damage or just these like, sort of, indeterminate witch hunts aren't helpful right like right absolutely you should take action if you know somebody's cheated it shouldn't be swept under the rug but if you don't know i don't think it's it's useful to discuss it publicly that much yeah uh yeah and i think for let's say if i was going to be suspicious of hans it was the fact of just a meteoric rise that felt implausible. So do I have special information there? No, it's just the, the reaction of like, oh my God, that's <laughs> that's a lot of rating points in a short period of time, sure. right? Um, and then I remember, you know, like I was, I was there at the US Junior 2019 doing commentary. At that point of the game, Hans wasn't even one of the top juniors, dude. So it's just like, right, I mean, 
So I think from, let's call it the establishment point of view, right? These old guys who have been there, they're like, well, wait a second, something's fishy here, right? Now that doesn't prove anything, of course, but I think it proves kind of, or it shows kind of like where some of this is coming from, whether it's true or not, right? Yeah, but I'm with you, of course, it's absolutely insane what Magnus has done. Magnus, buddy, you're killing us, man. <laughs> you're killing us, buddy. Also, also, let me say about what Magnus has done. I mean, it's not clear that Magnus withdrew because of cheating. If Magnus thought that Hans cheated, that wouldn't necessarily be a reason not to play a game with Mamed Yarov, right? Like, if, if you think that Hans Neiman is cheating and you've already played him, why not play the other people? You're already in St. Louis. Magnus loves to play chess, or at least, you know, historically he has. So he posted that thing like, if I say something, I'm in trouble. But that doesn't necessarily mean a cheating accusation. You know, maybe he was groped by Rex Sinkfield on the way to his yeah. game against Hans. And he's like, well, I don't want to, like, say this about Rex. So, you know, I'm just going to withdraw from the tournament. It could, it could be anything, right? It, everybody jumps to cheating because I think that's just on the mind of every chess player. But I don't think that that's... Okay, I, I don't think that that's necessarily the reason that Magnus withdrew from the tournament. Hold, I think maybe on, it's like a 20% chance that that's why Magnus left. Let's say, let's say that it's true, that it wasn't about the cheating. Mm -hmm. Then it's even worse that dude hasn't made a clarifying statement. <laughs> then it's even worse. Maybe, maybe he's got diarrhea, like Cartier says. Maybe he's like sick and doesn't want to talk about it. Maybe someone in his family is sick. I mean, there could be like 100, uh -huh. 100 reasons. Now, you'd have to think of a reason that talking about it maybe gets you in trouble. But there are others, you know, it's not cheating is the only thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm ready to make my little, uh, I'm just gonna throw something out there. This isn't a hard claim or anything, but I'm just gonna say it's where my intuition is going with this. And I think it's, mm -hmm. it's important to the story. Okay, look. Uh, you know how they got people now, they're like, oh, are we in a recession or not? They got all these economists <laughs> have these little indicators, you know, and they don't know, whatever. But. <laughs> What's one of the things that I'm starting to see, okay, from the three things that Magnus has done in recent history, right? With the weird stuff that Play Magnus was doing, we can talk more about why I think it's weird, the quitting of the world championship, and now this thing. What I see those as worry, I see them as worrying indicators of Magnus falling into a Fisher style spiral. Okay, let me explain. So, by the way, for Fisher, John Donaldson's book on Fisher that came out, what was it, about a year and a half ago, fantastic. I can only recommend it. And when you look at Fisher in his uh, prime, looking at the way he talked to the media, he's just like even better than Magnus. I mean, both of those guys, just incredible faces in the media, promoters of chess. You look at like his interview at the Johnny Carson show back in the day, Fisher was just immaculate. Then weird stuff starts to happen. And the reason I think it's parallel is uh, I'm going to go out there and people like Vischess will hate me for this because they, you know, <laughs> whenever I say anything. They already it. know what you're going to say in chat, Jesse. You <laughs> so anyways, look, my, my, my worry is, okay, well, actually, the thing I know, the thing I know is that both Fisher and Magnus are neurodivergent. Now, are they neurodivergent in the same way? That I, I, I don't know. But they are definitely neurodivergent in the sense that they have the ability to conceive of the game in the way that 
most mortals don't. In fact, just forget about it. Hardly anybody does. And that uh, neurodivergence carries a burden on other aspects of life. Now, you can read stuff about Fisher. There's a thousand different explanations of some people say schizophrenia, some people say all kinds of other things. In a way, to me, I mean, just a layperson when it comes to all those words. They disagree with it, one another on that account, okay? But what's clear to me is that the effect of the guy's mind had effects on other parts of his life. And that what we started seeing then, right around the same period, right? Fisher was around the same age as Magnus was now, where it starts getting weird. Uh, you get the paranoia, right, of other people cheating. Then also, this is very important. We didn't talk about this when we talked about Magnus abandoning the World Championship because this happened later. Magnus goes on this podcast with Lex Friedman and talks openly about being scared, about being scared of losing. And that was new to the story because he hadn't admitted that publicly before. And that was definitely also part of the Fisher thing, of just the terror of losing being so strong that not only is he not going to play, but he's going to do weird things. Uh, escaping and so the, the next sign of course was this thing right where obviously it hurt him a lot to lose i get it but then the further escape of then it's been i don't know 48 hours or something since it's since he did the jose Mourinho tweet and it's like boss <laughs> boss you need to say something here you're clearly like in some kind of dark hole on your own here and all these other people like chess.com, I'm sure they're like Magnus, but we gotta make a statement, man. And then they're like trying to help Magnus by being like, okay, Magnus, there, there's something's happening behind the scenes because they're like, okay, Magnus, the guy's not gonna play in the next tournament. We're cutting him out of the next tournament. Weird stuff is happening. And unlike Fisher, Magnus has way more fingers in the game. Fisher never had incredible fingers in the game like Magnus does. Mm -hmm. it's incre he's incredibly entrenched. So if Magnus blows up, dude, Oh, man. Oh, man. Let the pieces fall where they may. Right? Anyways, yeah. I'm not saying I know for sure. I'm just saying that's my intuition, is that we're dealing with a neurodivergent dude who might spiral. Will the spiral be different than Fisher's? I'm sure it will. But it's just starting to look that way. Look, I think anytime anyone withdraws from a tournament, it tells you that they're in a bad place at that moment, right? So... Right. That much, I think it's like pretty simple and clear. I mean, when somebody withdraws from of our from one of our weekend rapid tournaments here, they've played two 15-minute games, and then they just run away and don't play the third game or fourth game, right? Right. They're in a bad place. They're, something's not working out, and they're upset. You know, Magnus, I think, has a very high standard for his own play. And when he plays a bad game, I think he's probably upset. I mean, I'm upset. He's probably much more upset. He's invested more. His standards are higher. Um, you know, and he probably, I mean, I think it's reasonable to say, not that, you know, again, it's hard to judge players that much better than you, but I think his game against Hans, he didn't play very well. So he could be upset about that game. He could have been upset about something else in his life, and that's why he played badly that day, and then he got more upset. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure something is something is wrong. You know, there's something that he's that he's dealing with right now, which is which is sad because I really like him. You know, so I have a lot of you know I'm I've been feeling bad for Magnus this week. I'm feeling bad for Hans too. <laughs> so I mean, I felt I feel bad for Fisher, even though everyone's mad at him for all the crazy stuff he says later in life. It's clearly 
the result of what happened at that critical juncture where he spiraled out into darkness. Now, yeah. um, one thing I want to mention for those in the podcast that or listening to the podcast that maybe uh, haven't played in a round robin event, it is a well-known rule that you do not drop out of a round robin event. If you want to drop out of an open tournament, fine, be my guest. You drop out of a round robin tournament, yeah. it ruins everybody. The organizers are host. The people in the tournament are host. Yeah. For example, <laughs> for example, Nepo guy just got a massive win out of this dude. Yeah. He had lost to Magnus, and now that point that he lost magically goes away. Right. right? People now have five. I think they got like uh, Fabi has like five. He has two extra blacks. For example, it hoses everybody, and so it's just an established rule that you do not exit a tournament. And there's famous examples, right, from all generations where somebody got massively sick and they still play because yeah. they realized that the tournament was at stake. And even if their rating and results suffered, they still stuck it out. Yeah. So you have to be headed to the hospital to not go to the board in a round robin. Right. It's like right. it's at that level. I mean, if you're just feeling bad and you're going to lose games, you rather go and lose those games than mess with everybody else's tournament and never get an invite again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at uh, a picture that just came to my mind was like Tony Miles playing on his stomach, dude, because his back hurt. <laughs> you know, there's all, and there's many examples like where yeah. people just stuck it out, dude. They were not going to not play. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right, David, there's another question we got to talk about. Yeah. Uh, this comes from Sombrero, but it's just something that has to be discussed. There is, uh, there was a, Kind of a distinction being made, and especially this was made in a post by uh, Jakob Agard uh, about the kind of defending Hans under the rubric of, well, cheating online isn't that big of a deal, and it's a little bit like cheating on your homework as opposed to cheating in real life. Your homework is part of real life too, my friend. Okay, but you're, I'm just trying to say that yeah. there's a distinction being made between uh, the level of severity of cheating online versus online. absolutely and i wasn't responding to you i was responding to what you were right 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 bringing in from others you know which is in my opinion people who are dishonest whether it's for like you know peanuts or gold coins you know it's dishonest so mm -hmm. and, and they're likely to continue being dishonest um until they do something to really purge the dishonesty, which I feel like Hans maybe has done. Um, you know, I, it's my general theory that liars and cheaters will will lie and cheat in the future, most likely. Mm -hmm. um, but Hans seemed truly upset about what he had done when he was younger, mm -hmm. and he seemed like he was really like he was willing to talk about it. A lot of people who are not who are not repentant will try to keep it secret forever because they don't, you know, they'll try and really hide it. He was willing to talk about it. He's, he's willing to like accept the shame for what he's done, to accept whatever punishment there might be. And mm -hmm. there's already a furor against him, right? So he's saying, he's saying it, he's coming out and saying it. Um, I think that once somebody is willing to accept 
you know, shame or consequences, there's a decent chance that they could change. Okay. Now, I got it. I, I want to give uh, Augard a little bit of play on this. And the, the reason I'm going to do so is this it's because chess.com, <laughs> because of chess.com, honestly, chess.com was the one who made it more acceptable to cheat online than over the board. Because chess.com instituted a policy. And you can, I, to my mind, it happened somewhere in 2017. You're going to know exactly when it happened. Um, instituted a policy where cheaters got this second chance. Um, and they were also the ones who had this, still do, have this amazing cheat detection uh, software that they've built up which is stunning. It, and by the way, I trust that far more than I would trusting myself. If I was going to look at somebody's games, I wouldn't like a lot of people have actually sent me games. I'm like, Jesse, is this guy a cheater? I'm like, dude, I send it to chess.com's cheating software. Don't send it to me, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So chess.com was the one who created the culture where you got, I think it was two second chances. And then it was only on the third strike that you were out. They were the ones that did that. And so it created a thing where like, well, if my opponents are doing it, then I feel entitled to do it too, right? And then there became, I assume, various cheaters who got very good at it. And that was this whole, is still a culture of online cheating where the problem is, one of the reasons it's not the same with over the board is over the board, it's Rousey's and you're done and, and that's it. And that's probably the way it should be. But if you were, if you were to ban everybody who cheated online, there'd be no one left, right? Of the top players, <laughs> of the top players in the world. Obviously, it's not no one, but, but the amount is so high that it, it just becomes very problematic. I don't know, Jesse. As a, as, a as a business proposition for them, it was a problem because then they would be getting rid of all the top players or a lot of them from their, uh, you know, platform i think you should be a little careful with that because you're almost like implying like 80 percent of the top 100 players in the world have cheated online which we don't know at all i mean it might be one percent it's more than one percent <laughs> but you I, I was, okay and so let me just say uh i told this when i talked to ben yesterday you know uh and i'm sure you have more information on this than i do but you know, Danny said, if you if I signed the NDA, I could see the list. And I was like, no, dude, I, I don't want to see the list. But he assured me, like, you would know a lot of these names. And I'll be like, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to know, you know. So I just know that there's a lot of people that I know. And I, you know, it's disturbing and everything. In any case, the point is, I think ethically, you got to be where you are. And you got to say, well, of course, cheating is cheating. And, and that's that. But because of the culture of online and the cheating that happens there and the kind of the smoothing over that chess.com provided for years has created a thing where Jacob, Jacob Agar's statement isn't completely wrong, right? Um, I, I personally think like cheating online is, is, just, is just as wrong as cheating OTB. I mean, I'm, I'm with you, but, you know. I think that the interesting thing about how Hans tackled it was, like, he's not apologetic to the people he cheated against. I feel like he was, like, sorry because 
maybe because he loves chess so much and it was sort of like a crime against chess more than a crime against the people he cheated Mm -hmm. felt a little bit like that because chess is sort of his entire life in the bobby fisher victor korchnoi style right it's just Uh that's it um (laughs) his life starts and ends with chess and uh he eats for fuel uh you know in order to be able to play more chess um so i felt like that's what he was upset to but but to my mind you know when you cheat you're cheating other people you're you know you're you're violating trust you're breaking down the fabric of society <laughs> so it's it's a high crime to me to be dishonest like that yeah i get it um we we could maybe segue into the topic of how we feel about kids doing it since he was a right. minor like whether we yeah. think there's you know what kind of room there is for forgiveness there because you said you're yeah. comfortable with just rousing uh people you cheat otb you're done forever um i think in general online or otb i'd be willing to give people one strike one second chance if they're uh if they're apologetic and they truly stop but if they've been cheating for like you know 100 games before they get caught that that that's not like time for a second chance right i mean uh-huh. you know oh i had like one lapse you know i i i you know, I, I ran to the bathroom and pulled out my book about the Sicilian because I'd forgotten to move, you know, and it was just so upsetting to me or something like that. Yeah. If that happens one time, you know, okay. If they apologize, you want to make space for people to improve and, and change. Also, if you don't, there's no incentive for it. Um, or there's limited incentive. Yeah, okay, let's talk about kids and cheating them because it is, there's some interesting facets to it. First of all, it has been my long held opinion that kids always get a break. And that's because I was a jerk face when I, when I was a teenager. Okay. <laughs> I was a jerk face when I was a teenager. So I have, I have sympathy for the kids to be able to grow out of whatever problem they're in. Right. The, where it's, maybe difficult in the chess world is we now when you have kids who are 16 17 and are already playing in the top tournaments in the world yeah uh then the it's a little harder to forgive right or or to to let like let it let it go um someone made a great point in chat like what would happen if if Prague was uh caught cheating when he was 16 would he be given a second chance it's a fair point like probably not you know um or maybe not i don't know it's a good question i mean sebastian feller just returned to tournament play at some point um he had maybe a five-year ban or six-year ban for cheating at the olympiad blatantly Uh you know serious tournament professionals and all that and um he was allowed to come back after five or six years. He's playing again. Um, but the problem with Sebastian Feller is he never apologized. That's the problem. Like for me, Jesse, for me with forgiveness, some kind of contrition is fundamental. It's fundamental. I am very happy to forgive a lot of people if there's genuine contrition. Mm-hmm. But if people are going to just deny to the last moment, you know, fight long yeah. court cases that cost more money than the original thing, like Feller, like took everybody like through the longest possible legal processes, the French Federation, the FIDE, everybody, right? He wasted the most time and money and energy from everybody. 
mm-hmm. on you know i mean like to me that's the it's like it's even worse right like <laughs> imagine you you cheat some kid out of a trophy at a tournament but then you engage in a three-year course of litigation with that with the family of that kid right like you obviously you've done a thousand times more damage afterwards Yeah. So I think I think it's very important. You know, do they apologize? Do they want to make amends? Do they take responsibility and so forth? And then I would forgive people and kids as well as adults, by the way, Jesse, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're a community of adult improvers here, right? That means not just kids can get better. I know some of us grow out of being turd faces as kids, but some some people it happens as adults that they grow out of being turds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just been my long-held thing. I'm like, I draw a line. I'm like, okay, if they grow out of it. I still have, for example, I, I Naka was the worst child ever. The yeah. worst child ever. And yeah. um, I still actually have some problem forgiving him entirely yeah. for some of the things he did. But as a principal, as a principal, Damon, I'm like, all right, I just got to move on, you know. I got to move on. Yeah, but as far as like people that you have played with OTB, he was the worst behavior of anyone you've you've met. Oh, yeah, and witnessed yeah. of other people, like yeah. what he did to other people at the same tournament, too. It's just, oh, my God, it just it kills me, yeah. some of the memories that I have. Yeah, that's my um, experience, too. Yeah. Um, and we got to say, Naka is huge in this controversy as well um, because he, of course, you can debate this. A lot of people are saying he is outright accusing Magnus of cheating. Others say it's just implicit. In any case, however you strike it, like it was like an epic 30-hour stream or whatever he had where he's just discussing it. And if if it's if there's anything interesting of what he said, it was just I feel like there is this sense that he and others at that level share that Hans is cheating. And I want to actually mention one thing that is a little bit interesting too about just the way in which he might have been suspected. <clears throat> so I lived in Europe at about the same age that Magnus did. First I lived in England, and then later I lived in Germany, talking to non-English speakers. And when I came back, I definitely sounded different. I think actually I lived for five years in Germany. I know when I came back, I sounded different for a good year until my accent kind of came back into place. So anyways, what am I driving at? This weird thing did happen to Hans where he was living in Europe talking to non-native speakers. And so I will test from personal experience, your accent does change, but I can get, and this happened with, with Naka, that when somebody's accent shifts, it feels like, oh, they're a phony in some way. Right. So okay. I think that was one of the many, way, many ways in which Hans unwittingly created this situation where he's going to be suspected of something. Because anytime you see somebody putting on what seems to be like a front, you're going to be like, oh, what's what's really going on there? You know, right. That is like number two reason, in addition to the rating game that struck people as a little bit funny. Um, one thing also maybe in this regard I don't know how you would cheat in a systematic way at St. Louis. I really don't. I think the only thing, as saying with Ben, the only thing I can imagine that's hanging around the tournament hall years ago with Gawain Jones there in uh, St. Louis. We kind of tried to imagine how you do it. And the only thing we could come up with is like, 
you could have a guy stationed at the Starbucks across the street and like you would walk to the window and he would like, he would like, I don't know, shoot you a sign, <laughs> shoot you a sign of some kind of what you were supposed to do, have some secret code. It would be very difficult. One thing though about the, the I don't know, this is just fully speculation. One thing I believe for years, okay, is this isn't cheating. It wouldn't be epic. It's hard to imagine how much cheating would actually be. But when I imagine cheating at the highest level, I'm always imagining performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, as far as I know, we do not have a drug yet which effectively boosts you. People have made various things. We've actually done a, a little bit of a dojo talks on it. But if, if I was going to imagine anything, that would be it. But in any case, even if you did that, that's only going to be, it's not going to be like a stockfish in your brain level improvement, right? Maybe it'll give you 100 points, maybe 200. I don't know. But uh, 200, I guess, would be on the high end when I imagine. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's the only possible thing of cheating I can imagine. Maybe, maybe it would make your voice change. But as I said, I think there's a real reason for Magnus's voice to shift just because I've had that personal experience myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not too up to date on what the methods would be for cheating. Um, so so I can't I can't really comment on the probability of it. I mean the games look normal to me and I think Hans is really good at chess. I can say that, you know. So uh -huh. yeah, I, mean, okay. I I would I wouldn't let's put it this way. I don't have I wouldn't have any suspicions that Hans is is cheating on my own. It would never like it wouldn't even occur to me to be like asking other people what they think or investigating or looking for more information. Um. Right. And I think like here's the thing. I think like if you want to be charitable towards Magnus and say there's some, you know, he, he's got something or whatever, then you would have to say you'd have to create a story like this where where they have something that maybe is more substantial than we no, now. I mean, but they're unafraid. They're afraid of coming forward with it because then it does turn into a direct accusation that they have to prove, right? And I don't know, but that would be that's the only that's the only narrative I can come up with in which Magnus's actions don't seem entirely reprehensible. Even then, it's pretty bad. Even then, it's pretty bad. You do not walk out on a on a, on a at a uh, round robin event you just don't do it especially because none of the other people are cheating right i just I, I i i don't see that this necessarily has to do with cheating like that could all just be the collective psyche <laughs> jumping uh, to cheating because it's on everybody's brains and everybody no, it's, worries it's, about it's it about cheating david it's about cheating the other players are also in consensus that it's about cheating it's not just like you know magnus is gone for some other reason okay Okay, well, let's leave it there. And Magnus, buddy, listen, if you're on tilt, I actually have a lot of sympathy with you because if, if it's a neurodivergent spiral into darkness, then that whole thing with Fisher, dude, it's a sad, sad story. And, and if that's happening to you, boss, then I think it's, I have sympathy for you, not hatred, okay? Because that's just a terrible thing. Um, but it is killing. Our chess world right now. Well, so chess.com needs to say something. Magnus, you need to say something, boss. You cannot hide in a cave about this. It's killing everybody. Um, 
At some point, we might even have to talk about how it's killing chess.com. I mean, chess.com, buddy, whew, now you're in bed with Magnus. You did this thing with the Neiman thing. You got to say something, man. Got to say something. Yeah, I mean, let me say this. I love Magnus, and I think he's been great for the game, and I think he's done a lot for the chess community, not just for himself, right? There's some people who are out there just, you know, to improve their own stature and standing and rating and money and wealth and blah, blah, blah. Magnus, I was just talking to somebody at the tournament when we just saw the news that he'd withdrawn, but we didn't know anything about why, right? Like, we just looked 2,700 chess, what are the live games? And it showed that there was no game between Magnus and Mamed Yarov, and we're just like, what's going on? But, yeah. you know, we've only got a minute between rounds, and we're not really online and stuff, so so we didn't really dig around. I've deleted Twitter from my phone, you know, eight months yeah. ago, nine months ago, so I had, I had no way to find out. Um, but I was talking with him, I was saying, Magnus is just he's been great he's contributed so much to the community right like he goes and plays for like the local club in the Norwegian league and you know loses three or four rating points drawing somebody you know when he's on his 2900 quest like he's continually involved with his community and giving and connected and I've seen him in person you know he he talks to people he's generous as far as you know fans of the game and so forth so and I think people demand a lot of him, you know? I mean, you know that you were on the side of demanding he played the world championship. I was on the side of, like, poor Magnus. He's given us a lot, you know? Let's yeah. let's be understanding towards him that there are also limits for how much he wants to give. He's got one life, and just because he's the world champion, he doesn't owe us everything, and we should be happy for what we get from him. Um, so, you know, I mostly, like, assume that something... Un- that you know he's feeling bad and i feel bad for him you know and i and i hope that he feels better soon of course i'd like to know why i would like to know why this whole episode has happened yeah 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 um but i don't think i can guess it i think uh magnus has to tell us sometime yep all right man well let's leave it there that was great all right so that's the end of Dojo Talks, everybody. We're going to uh, stick around, if you would, um, and we're going to look at a little bit of chess now.